Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here we go. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of All Ball Chicago. I'm your co-host, Robert Bobby Reed, and I got the legend, the NBA veteran, the McDonald All-American, your host, Marcus, living in the building. What's up, Marcus? What's up, my beautiful people? Marcus got froze out, but we got a special guest in the building today. One of my all-time favorite guards for the 6263 guards. Out of the out of the state of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, drafted in the first round, 1985, by the Portland Trail Blazers. Presently, the head coach for the University of Portland. Give it up, man, for my man Terry Porter. What's up, TP? <laughs> What's up, fellas? How we doing in the Windy City tonight? Man, <laughs> beautiful, man. It's nice out. Oh, man, this is yes, great. Sir. So, TP, man, we happy to have you on, man. We gonna have some fun like we always do. Um, and we just going to start off, man, by, you know, your accomplishments and what you've been doing. And, and, and we'll end up with the college, you know, you coaching and doing your thing. But let's talk about your career, your upbringing, growing up in Wisconsin. What was basketball like growing up in Wisconsin? So it's true. It's probably like anywhere, man. You know, you had to go to the park. You had to kind of find a game. You got to get after it. I had two older brothers, so that's you know anybody who got older brothers, you know it's a beatdown coming, right? <laughs> they right. drag you out. They take me <laughs> playing one on one. You know, they teach you a lot about basketball and about being tough. And uh, you know, I bless them to have that have that maturity around me and talk about the game and. And always taking me out to the park. I always had to sit on the side, though. I couldn't get in the big man's game. You know, I had to watch and wait. <laughs> and, uh, they, they used to drag me out there early Saturdays where we can get out there and uh, and uh, get after it, try to get better, man. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, Like you said, I, I'm pretty sure it was similar to Chicago, you know, going to those parks, battling, uh, trying to get your name, trying to get that rep, you know, out there on the court and, and doing your thing out there. But you were... Uh, you, you were a big guard, right? You, I consider you a big guard. You know, you're six, what are you, six, two, six, three? Yep, six, three, yep. You, you know, so you were more like a big guard. So I think you could play in this era, you know, the era that, you know, we're seeing now with the big guards. Uh, tell us a little bit, Terry, about, you know, how it all came about. You know, you, you wasn't probably, you know, recruited like most guys, you know, on, on a high level. Yep. What kept you going? Going, you know, to to be that that point guard that you turned out to be when you got drafted into the NBA. But let's go to the college scene first before we get to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, I was definitely a late bloomer. Um, you know, my it's, it's weird early in my career. So, you know, I'm aging myself. My high school years didn't have freshman year. So I, by the time I got to high school, it was just ten. 11 and 12. So my middle, my middle school, seven, eight, nine. So I played on the boys and girls club team, my ninth grade and my 10th grade. And so uh, I didn't get, I didn't go out to high school ball to my junior and senior year. Uh, our team, I went to South division. And uh, by the time I got to high school, I, our, our Juco, our junior varsity team was a pretty good team. I didn't think I was gonna make the cut. So I decided not to even go out. I stayed on the boys and girls club team. Well, I felt good. I was getting minutes. I was playing. You know, I was starting. Our team was pretty good. And so then my junior year, I decided, man, I got to go out. So I, I just – I worked on my game that summer between my sophomore and my junior year, really tried to get as, better, as good as I can and ball handling skills and shooting and went out and made the team. But I wasn't even a starter my junior year. I came off the bench my junior year. And so I came off my junior year, made, you know, made, I made all conference my junior year, still coming off the bench and made it my senior year. And then, um, you know, Coach Bennett saw me at a game going, we were planning to go to upstate and uh, we were playing another school. Coach Bennett wasn't even there to see me. This is how crazy people journey. People don't realize he was there to see somebody else on the other team. Wow. He was there to see somebody else on the other team and his wife, Get this, his wife is the one who checked and gave him a little elbow. Said, look, you need to stop checking out that number 30 and start checking out the other number 30. And that was me. And I was, you know, I was, I was doing a little work, you know, I was doing a little work in that game. So, you know, after that game, because at the time, again, you mentioned it, Marcus, I was coming out of high school. Like I said, I had mostly Wisconsin schools, Whitewater, Green Bay, um, 
There was Oscar. So those was green. Besides Green Bay, Green Bay at the time wasn't even D one. They were D two. Right. Back to history, they were going to the national championships, but they were D two. So I didn't have a D one um, recruiting me at all. It was D two, and then all the Wisconsin schools um, looking at me. NAI, they were NAI. Now most of those schools have turned to D three now. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They, Coach Bennett liked me, um, gave me his car. You know, at that point, because I didn't know, man, I thought my basketball career was over. I'm like, where am I going? You know, I had a few schools talking to me, and I was like, is this it? Is this it? And, you know, we lost. We never made the state. And so I'm thinking, you know, that that's my last run. Got to talking to Coach Bennett, and um, he said, you need to come up to Stevens Point, check out the campus, check out our program, meet some of the, the guys on the team. And um, decided to go up there. And uh, I tell you, man, from Milwaukee to the middle of Wisconsin, I don't know if I've been from Milwaukee to the middle of Wisconsin, but ain't many of us in the middle of Wisconsin. (laughs) 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 We had uh, two other brothers on the team, and uh, they both from Milwaukee. So obviously I connected with them right away. And both of them had played in the conference and was pretty good players. Both of them was all conference players. And then at, at the last minute, decided to go up to Stevens Point. And so it was, it was a blessing. I liked the way Coach Bennett talked to me. He was honest. Um, you know, I'm going to push you. I'm going to make you the best college basketball player you can be. And, again, it, you talk about the way your basketball game evolves. So mm-hmm. high school back then, man, we didn't play any man-to-man. What was man-to-man? You couldn't tell me. Man, I was 2-3 zone all day, every day. That's all we ever played. Right. And I was the Bennett. Anybody who watched Dick Bennett's teams, they were all man-to-man. They zone right. wasn't even, even thought. You better bring that. was like a bad word to bring up zone to him. And right. So, right. I went up there my first year, and I was like, zone? I'm like, man-to-man, what is that? I, I got this area covered. I got my hands up. I'm, I'm jacking. And... Uh, <laughs> But no, I had to, it was my freshman year was a learning curve, man. It truly was. It, it, it uh, I didn't play. I bet you we went and checked. I'm the only guy who made it to the league that his freshman year, I played like 0.000 minutes my freshman wow. year. I was like ML car with it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was straight tolerant. That was the only time I was getting up off the bench. And I stood up and waved the towel. That was about it. And then my, uh, Man, that's crazy, Terry. That's crazy. That crazy. And so my freshman year, I started. My freshman, junior year, we we had great runs. We made it to the national championship and um, ended up playing um, Fort A. State, Chicago State. Uh, just those were the teams we faced on our journey to make it to uh, to the national championship game. And so I was, you know, I was blessed to be in the right spot, blessed to learn a lot about basketball from a man-to-man standpoint. And to mm-hmm. this day, um, going to play for Dick Bennett and learning all the man-to-man principles that he taught me—that was my—that was my my uh, my identity coming out of college. Because I didn't, we didn't have a we didn't have a shot clock, we didn't have a three-point line back then. So it was all about manning up and guarding your own and being able to guard your ball and guard the guy you were guarding and try to do a great job of uh, defending them. Wow. But Terry, can I, wait, wait, can I rewind the back lid before you hop in real quick? Wait, I just wanted to say that year that your freshman year, did you think about quitting? That's what I was going to ask him the same thing. I'm sorry. Was- okay, Liv, I wanted to rewind the back. Sorry. Yeah. Man. yeah, so, man, I went up there and I was struggling, man. I was just, you know, everything. You know, you, you go into a different culture, and the one thing you kind of hold on to is, you know, basketball. That's my identity. Shit, I wasn't getting, getting no burn on the floor, so I'm like, what am I doing? And so I had people come at me and say, man, you need to transfer. You need to get out of here. Wow. And, I, and I thought about it. I did, man. I'll be honest. I thought about it. But I, at the end, I just, you know, I just talked to my brothers, talked to my dad. And they were like, no, you stay there. You, you committed to them. Give it one more year. Wait till you start playing and then see how it goes. You ain't even playing right now. You don't even know what that's like. So, again, I was, I was blessed to, to, to wait that next year, and another thing I did, my four years at school, I never went home. My summers were working in the, working up there, working nine to five, and at five, I'd be in the gym, 10 o'clock, go home, eat, go back, do it again. Four years, I Milwaukee, when I couldn't find a job in the summer in Milwaukee, I had a job in Stevens Point, gave me a little money in my pocket, I was like, good, I was feeling good. Getting there, have wow. money, and and playing every day, being there, working my game, 
And, um, you know, that was, that was a blessing as well in regards to, you know, continue to grow your game, continue to work on parts of your game. And I didn't, man, I didn't have any aspiration of being in the league. I wasn't even thinking about being in the league. You know, you had NAI school. We're going we're gonna to go from the league, from the NAI. I'm thinking, I'm just trying, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to become like all conference, MVP of conference, all American. Right. I, I never even thought about being in the league. And, and 84 was my big kind of coming out party. And it was Olympic trials and we can talk through that. But that was, that was when it, first came and entered my mind like hey I'm, I got a chance I got a chance I got, you know I got a chance after going down to Olympic trials and Bobby and I had it at Indiana University and I balled out I made it to the last cut and that was like one of the last years before they started letting pros play and that was kind of my coming out part that was kind of the moment because Jordan was there you know, Barkley was there all the big names Patrick was there everybody uh, that era was at the trials. And so I showed out and I was able to, you know, because I don't know if people realize back then, NBA G scouts were there, NBA GMs were there, G GMs were there. So you had eyes on you. I ain't never had that many eyes in regards to that level. Check me out. Because, you know, they ain't coming to Stevens Point. They ain't coming right. to Stevens Point. And so that was that was kind of a blessing. So so you you went in there thinking thinking like that, that this is my opportunity to show these general managers what I'm all about. You know, coming from this small school, I have, even if I get cut, you know, at least they see me. Yeah, so I had to fight with most people who come from small schools. And back then, you know, the scouting system ain't not, is not like it is now. I mean, it's hard to be a kid at a small school and not be found. It's just too many scouts, too many words of mouth, internet, just too many things that connect you and kind of get you on the mainstream. But I was blessed, um, you know, my, like I said, my junior year, we, we lost to Fort Hayes State. And there was a gentleman there, whoever the general director of the NEI at that point, for whatever, took a liking to me and took a liking to our team. He called the Olympic Selective Committee, to my understanding, just about every day. He said, look, you guys got to have an NEI player at the Olympic trials. Up to that day, there had never been an NEI player even invited. So he pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. And then uh, Coach Bennett called me in the office one day and said, man, you just got an unbelievable opportunity in front of you. You got invited to Olympic trials. And, you know, and I'm like, Olympic trials? I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm about to go. I'm about to go make a name for myself. You hear me? I'm about to go sign out for real. And he, right then, again, blessed Coach Bennett for all the, the mindset he had um, he said, we got, we got to come up with a strategy. We got to get you ready. So he came up with what he called these toughness drills. And he got two guys that I had to bring the ball up the court with, who I had to try to score against. Everything I did was two on one. Wow. Wow. It was, man, when I got done with them days, and I'm talking, we went two hours. I was like dead tired. Wow. I covered, I covered everything, man. I had to, you, you guys been around the game. You know how they yeah. roll the ball to you. got to try to go full court and get by two guys. And these were the two quickest guys. So Whoa. I had to push up, spin, come back. I had to do ball. I had to do one-on-one -on -one stuff against them. And so it prepared me uh, mentally. But also, there was no fouls called. So they were hacking. You know, they were, they were following me. And now you got to toughen up. You got to just get ready because this is what you're going to be faced with. This right. is what you're going to face when you get down there. And so I was, I was able to go down there and uh, perform really well during the earlier parts of the trials and uh, made the first cut, made the second cut. And, um, and I, I mean, I was blessed to make the cut over some, like I think Jim, um, Mark Price was there. Mm. Um, El, I mean, it was of guards of that era, Alvin Robertson was there. Chris Mullen was there. I mean, you know, Leon Wood was there. There was some oh, big man. scores and, and guards that just came on a whole national level. I mean, it was crazy. The type of guards they had with that team. Alvin Robinson. Was so that there. that, that prepared you. He put your hands on you. Alvin Robinson put your hands on you, boy. You, you can't ain't move. going anywhere. Right. You, you ain't moving. Yeah. You ain't moving when he put right. your hands on you. And so I was, um, <laughs> I just, man, I just balled out good enough to got Bobby Knight and everybody's attention. And then, believe it or not, again, I caught the chicken pox. Oh. I caught the chicken pox. So I had to go back home. And everybody has a feel about Bobby Knight. Most of the people are either hot or cold, but the way he treated me during this whole process, man, to this day, 
I'm so I have so much respect for this man. He could easily say, man, you from an NAI school, go home, good try. He said, no, you deserve the right to come back and fight. I'm gonna give wow. you a week to go home, get as well as you can and come back. And so I went home for a week, came back and didn't make it. But uh, I mean, he could have ended, ended my journey right then and there. And wow. he did. Right. And so you talk about giving a man an opportunity to continue to fight and continue to uh, chase something that was unbelievable. But that's when the you know Olympics was in LA. They're in the States. So oh, you know, man. you're doing it in front of in front of your fam and your people, it would have been unbelievable. But I didn't make it, but I got cut with John Bar uh, John Stockton and, and uh Barkley. So that's two good players. Pretty good company. Pretty good company. You know, they both they both uh, had, you know, 17 year runs. So I was I felt good about that. Right. Right. That's but Terry, you know what? Because you had 17 years. Yeah, I, got, oh, I put 17 in. I was blessed. To, yeah, them 17 good ones. Yeah, that's let's <laughs> rewind it back a little bit, like what we did early, because I, I pay attention to our, you know, guests a lot. You know, you you mentioned something where you you said you didn't leave the campus when you didn't play that much and you got a job. Where did you get that work ethic from? Was it your parents? You know, you had to see somebody that that you had to emulate a little bit to 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 see that and want to want to do that. Yeah, I mean, my dad and my brothers, man. My dad was a hardworking man, worked in a factory. You know, typical Midwest dad worked in a factory all his life. I had to get up early, had to grind, blue collar worker. And uh, my my brothers played sports. They were track stars, played some ball. They both played ball. Went on to play a little ball in college. But my brothers, man, whenever they had a chance to come home. They always took me to the gym. They always went to the playground with me. Come on, man, let's go to the playground. They always work with me and work with my game. So, you know, big brothers do. They they put me underneath their arm. They took me and always talked about you got to be tough. You got to you got to play this way. This is the way you got to play. You know, that oh, you know, it's kind of like you know back in the day you had those playground legends and they just watch out for young guys coming up. They, right. they just watch out, especially yeah. when you yeah. came from a, you know a certain area. Yo, man, you got to be repping. It was Arkison, Atkinson Park where I came from. So everybody from Atkinson Park, it was all about rapping Atkinson Park. And so when young guys came on the scene that they thought they had some potential and was going to go on to play and play for a scholarship school, they were all on them. Look, you got to do this. Don't do that. You see my man over there? Don't do that. You know, you got to be like down for this. You got to be working on your game. And they always watched out for you, man. It was just a respect factor. You know, yeah. ballers always watched out for ballers, man. They knew where they were. They tried to make sure they, they went to the right spots to try to learn mm -hmm. and try to get better. And so I, that was something that um, just the neighborhood, man, the neighborhood. But my, my my dad and my two brothers, man, they they were on me. They were on me about, you know, pushing yourself, trying to be great. Wow. Go ahead, Bob. <clears throat> now, you know what, Liv? I didn't want to get ahead of myself with it, but. I mean, 17 years, your freshman year, you don't play. Then you make a name for yourself. That got to be something, something special within itself, uh, TP, to have this type of stellar career. You know, I don't want to, you know, just jump, get ahead of myself with it. But how did that feel, man, looking back at it all? Just, just give me a glimpse of it. Like, you ever lay in the bed and say, wow. Man, I, the first night when I got drafted, so when the Bucks drafted me in 85 and I was at home, I was in, at their camp, their draft party. They invited me down. I'm thinking they're going to end up drafting me because they said, Don Nelson said, hey, man, if you're there, we, we're taking you. And so you think about having a chance to play at home and getting drafted at home. And um, they didn't end up drafting me, but that night, Man, we were, as a family, we were together, man. And, and you know, you, you get you get done celebrating with your family and you lay in bed. I laid in bed that night thinking, wow. I, I mean, I just said, wow, you made it. You got dropped. You, Steven, wait, high school, all conference. That's it. No McDonald's right. offer, no nothing. Not even a D1 offer. Not even D1 offer now. Go to the NAI school. Wow. Go to NAI school. Don't play it all your freshman year. Play your, you start your freshman, your sophomore, your junior, senior year, and you get drafted in the first round in the league, man, you blessed. Man, I mean, you man, really blessed. That's nasty. And I, and I look, I'll be, the first, I'll be the first one to tell you. In high school, I wasn't even the best player in my hood. I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, I just tell you, there was guys that are much better than me 
And uh, I just continued to work, continue to grind. And for whatever reason, they didn't grind or they got into a bad situation. Right. Man, it's just the way it works in life. I mean, you got yep. to right. fight through all circumstances, no matter what they are. And, uh, you know, I got blessed. The Lord blessed me. And so I and sure so did. Sure times, did. Man, I think once I, once I got to the league, I was like, okay, now I got to stay here. I'm gonna, how am I going to stay here now? Because, again, in college, here's the crazy part. College, I didn't even play point guard. I played like small forward backup center. What? I, didn't play <laughs> I played zero point guard as a, in, in college. Who does that, wow. right? Zero. Dude, I was like, like, man, I was career. like, our career, my starting lineup was like 5'10, 6 foot. I was 6'3, and we had a 6'7, six, 6'7. Seven, six, seven. That was it. Right. And I was small forward. Wow. Small forward. Wow. We had two guys at one local guy, another guy from Wisconsin that was our guards, and I was a small forward, and we had two forwards. That was it. I was bring I would bring the ball up on occasion, but most of the time, I we, we ran, that's what helped me so much. We ran a Bobby Knight style offense. So it was motion offense, and I just ran off screens. I just ran off screens, caught it, fake it, kick it, run off another screen. I never brought it up, never initiate offense. No, I was y'all, y'all bring that thing up. I'm running to the baseline. <laughs> wow and just to hear just to hear you say that damn that's good yeah man just to hear him say that and then he he came, he came into the league and, and, and started you know well you didn't start in port at portland you didn't start but when you got drafted they had a bunch of guards already you know yeah, and so again, i was man you talk about just being blessed in the right spot i had great leadership i had darnell valentine who had played at kansas state Big time guard, and then Stevie Coulter. I think we got Stevie from Chicago. Did we get Steve from Chicago? I don't know if we got him from Chicago or he was in on the team, but he was on the team when I got there. Mm -hmm. And so again, my freshman year, I may have my rookie, my fresh, my rookie year, I may have averaged 13, 14 minutes. But again, Darnell was a great vet. Man, he, he we sat out there in the bench. He said, Look, watch this, watch this, watch that. Educate me, constantly educate me. And wow. uh, I had a player that again, took me under his wings, you know, like the way I, I approached it, like the way I, I balled in practice, like the way I, you know, conducted myself and how I tried to be a pro. Mm -hmm. And Rick Adelman, who was an assistant coach at the time, and he had played in the league way back in the day. Um, he started, again, we started watching a lot of film because I said, man, I never played point guard. How am we going to say we're going to start watching film on all point guards? We're going to start talking about that position, talking about what's required of that position. Talk about the leadership that's required. And so, again, blessed to have somebody in my corner that was willing to take me and really teach me the game from a position standpoint. We would, we would watch film on all kind of guards, Magic, because uh, Magic, I said, we watched on every guard in the league at the time. We were watching film on. And, and uh, this is what you do when you, you're in a fast break. This is what you do when you read situations. And so that knowledge really helped me accelerate my point guard skills and learning how to play. And um, wow. that's, where, that's where it all came from. Having Darnell push me and motivate me and, and really wow. kind of take me under his wings. And Wow. And that's that's me, Liv, me, me and you both are here shaking our head. Like, <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it was just. Uh, that's you know, the true definition of the game. Yeah, man, you get you got to be a student of the game. I tell kids all the time, are you a student? Of, yeah, I know you want a ball, but are you a student of the game? Are you really know the position? You really know what's required to play that position? You know what that position is about? Leadership, good or bad, you know? And you got to know what guys' strengths are because when you deliver the ball, when you deliver the ball, you want to make sure they can do something with it. You ain't just giving it to them just so they can play with it. That, what good is that? No, you want to try to get an assist. Get it to them when they can shoot it or drive it. Don't give it to them, but they can just go out there playing with it. And so <laughs> it, it, just, it was just a, a required thing I had to learn along the way. And then having, you know, Clyde play, once I did start, to have a player like Clyde on my team, man, it was just amazing. He's just an amazing athlete. Um, unbelievable. I mean, coming out of college, man, five slime pajama? I've been watching right. them boys. I've been watching them boys. And so, um, again, he was just a special talent himself. His ability to always want to have the ball. And I had to learn how to play. 
it wasn't as much of an adjustment learning how to play without the ball because I did that a lot in college, but I had to learn how to shoot the ball. I had to learn how to stay on the floor. One of the things Rick said was like, okay, when Clyde has the ball, what you going to do? Because again, I never shot threes in college. Mm -hmm. I didn't start shooting threes until I got to the league. He's like, well, we got to work on your three-point game. We got to work on your spot-up game. Because when Clyde having, he's driving it, you got to be a threat. Otherwise, you're going to be on the bench. If you, if you can't, if you, if you can't, if you can't knock down a shot, ain't, ain't no coach in America going to put you on the floor. So I was like, okay, well, I got to get in that gym there. Let's go. And he would, again, he had a, he had a key to a high school gym all throughout the summer. And at night, we'd go up in there, get shots up, off pick and rolls, all spot up in the corner and threes. So I had to, I had to put in the work. That's, that's the thing about it. You had to put in the work back there. Hey, let me ask you a question, TP. Who was one of the toughest guys that uh, you played against, man? One on, I mean, when, when you knew you had to lace them up that night. We know Michael is Michael. I'm talking about outside of MJ. Yeah, so guards, and especially in the West, I always tried to break this up in the West. So in the West, I had Tim Hardaway, you know, I had, I had right. him there, Golden State. I had uh, Kevin Johnson when he was Ooh, in yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. When he was in Phoenix. And uh, Derek Harper, when he was in Dallas, he was my size. Again, just a, you know, dog and grounding, defending you and all up, up in you. And, you know, Stockton was tough, but Stockton wasn't tough because Stockton wasn't offensive-minded. So he was different. You know, you know you could, you know, you, would, you wouldn't have that bad of a night. I mean, he could score, but he wasn't trying to score. But if you wasn't in, locked in, Kevin Johnson, Tim Hart, they'd go for 30 on you in a heartbeat. And so you had to be ready. You had to be ready. So those guys, you know, obviously Madge, but I only guarded Madge. We made an adjustment. Early on, I was guarding Madge when the Lakers played the Blazers, and Madge was just taking me to the post. So we switched. We started putting Clyde or Magic for, from a size standpoint, and I started chasing Byron Scott around, which made it a lot easier for me. I didn't have to worry about posting up. I just had to, you know, come off screens and be ready to run mm -hmm. and transition with Byron and the Laker team. But that was a big adjustment. But, you know, early on in the days when I had to guard match, man, he was he was a beast being in a post, you know, his ability to post up, yeah. the vision he had. Uh, but in, in regards to just scores and guards that played that position, uh, Tim Hardaway and Kevin early on was just, you knew you had to get a lot of rest the night before. You had to get ready. They, <laughs> and they could, you know, they can get 30 shots. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna get, I wasn't gonna have the luxury of getting 30 shots. I was going to get about 15 or 18. That was about it. So I had to make my 15, 18 shots count. Right. Make sure they work. Right. And, and, and you, and you wow. did. Yeah, and you did just that, TP. Uh, let's talk a little bit about now you coaching. Um, because we got a lot of listeners, man, that's from Chicago. And and it's kind of similar to what you, you was, you know, speaking about how you got recruited. And I think Chase Adams was kind of a similar situation. Was you coming to look at Chase at the time you 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 you, you watched him play, or you were looking at another player? No, I was there um, at Mobley and chasing him play, and I was looking at a kid on Mobley's team, and um, I didn't even have a Chase on my radar. And then I watched the game and just loved everything about how he played the position. Um, played ninety-four feet. Directed guys, had a good sense of knowing when to deliver guys the ball and transition in half court, splitting the pick and roll, directing guys all the time, um, and just seemed like to have really good, you know, calmness about the way he played. Um, always in communication, looking over at the bench, talking to the coach, uh, just loved everything about it. You know, when I played the position, that was the things that I, you know, immediately tried to draw on to is that, man, that kid can play. You know, everybody obviously says size, but Man, I don't care about that. I'm talking about playing. I'm talking about playing. That's always, for me, has been about the ability to play your position and impact the other four guys that's on the floor while you're on the floor. And he made everybody on the floor that night better by the things he did. And so, yeah, after the game, I just talked to him. And, um, you know, again, I, I didn't know these young kids, man. I didn't know if he knew about me or not. But Chase, right. you know, as you, if you start talking to Chase, you know he know history. He yep. knows, oh, absolutely. He knows, and he knows ballers. And I start saying, man, I'm Terry Porter. I play in the league. He said, man, look, you ain't got to tell me who you are. I know who you are. I see <laughs> you play. I know what your history is. I know. So, again, that that, that taught me something. Because, you know, you just don't know sometimes. Young kids, they just, 
You know, they don't know about the history of the game. They don't know who put in work. Um, and you have to really follow the game to kind of know me and, and know the success I had in the career I had. Uh, but he was he, he was right on. I said, great, man. So we just started talking about, you know, what do you think about playing that position, you know? And we started talking about as from point guards. Man, I love the opportunity to coach you and teach you and take you to that next level. Grow your basketball skills some more. I know you got great knowledge of it, but grow it some more. Give you a chance to be involved in a situation where you can run the team and, uh, you know, have an opportunity to compete against, you know, elite players. Hmm. And, and, and again, for our listeners, because I, I think TP and I think you're, you know, players coach. Uh, you've been there, done that, played in the league. Uh, share with our audience what type of coach you you are, you know, so they can, you know, hear you and, and what you're all about and, and what you stand for as a coach. Well, I mean, I think I've been blessed to be around a lot of great coaches, um, either be coached by them or part of their staff, to Pat Riley, to – Rick Adelman to Greg Popovich um, and Dr. Ramsey. So I think the one thing is, you know, I got to have kids understand that I'm going to give them freedom, right? There's going to be some structure, but there's going to be freedom. I think when you look at all the situations, you know, basketball is still an art form, right? Everybody has different levels of talent and they got to be able to showcase that talent, right? You can't just try to put everybody in a box, but there's got to be certain things that's, that's required of them, right? Um, in regards to defense, you got to be able to guard, you got to be able to, you know, be ready to take a challenge and, and get after it. And then basketball, it's about sharing the ball. You got to be able to, you know, read, understand the different situations that are presented to you at the offense of the floor. And it's not always about you. I mean, obviously the elite players that when it comes to that time to shine, you try to get the ball to your elite players, but it's all about being able to do the right things and being a complete player. I wow. talk a lot about being a complete player in regards to learning how to do, because again, I go back to my own journey. I wasn't a point guard. I had to learn other things of the game. I had to learn that later. But your ability to shoot it and pass it and read different situations, um, you got to have that knowledge. If you, everybody dreams big and want to go play it at that next level, even if it's in the league or overseas, you still got to have something that's going to separate you from the next guy. And you being a complete player and being able to play at both ends of the floor you're going to always separate yourself if you can do those things. Cause that's what I did. I didn't have 50, I didn't score 50 points, but um, as my defense is the one identity I have, but as my basketball offense grew, I continued to have the separation and continue to have the type of success I had because of that. And so, you know, I, I try to tell all these kids, uh, be ready to get after it work wise, be ready to, to uh, do what you got to do in the classroom as well, but be ready to go to work on the floor. I mean, we, we're in a conference that's competitive as heck. And, um, you know, I've always tried to get tough kids that I believe that can face that situation and, and understand that and uh, understand the journey that we're on. Because we're on a journey. We got Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU Ooh. in our conference, and they ain't going nowhere. They, <laughs> they ain't going nowhere. They're going to be there every year. So we got to get guys who are willing to understand the challenge and willing to be willing to fight for it and get after it. Yes, I think, uh, <laughs> T, I think, man, you would start with Chase. He could be the one that opened up the floodgates for other kids to come uh, join, you know, because that is a nice conference to play in. You get an opportunity to play against Gonzaga and, and it can upset them or take the throne from them, build that program up in Portland. And I, I, I just I just want to help. You know, in any way we can help on All Ball Chicago to let people know that what Terry, you know, Terry Porter is all about, uh, because you are an African-American coach uh, doing, you know, some things to try to help African-American kids be the best basketball player. They can be on and off the court. So um, I just I just love, you know, having guys like yourself on our show, man, just to, you know, share your light. Share, share some of your knowledge, you know, to the next generation. Um, but but I do think, man, it, it's your time to shine. Anyway, anything that we can do to help, you know, to to, to get the word out about your university, uh, about what you're doing, uh, we we definitely going to do it. Well, I appreciate it. Let, let, let me ask him something, too. Uh, but he coached in the NBA for a period before he went to college. How was that transition coaching them rich millionaire dudes <laughs> and then coaching these young amateur dudes, you know? Well, I mean, the NBA guys were, uh, you know, much more skilled 
And it, it's a profession for them, right? So it's about, you know, them um, locking in and trying to, you know, establish themselves to the point where they put them or their families in a financial situation, they're set for life. So the ability to grind at that level is a whole little different. They don't have the things that a college player, collegiate player has on his plate. They ain't got to worry about academics. They ain't got to worry about, you know, just dealing with day-to-day stuff uh, in regards to just social stuff. Um, at the pro level, it's all about being basketball 100%. And so uh, guys who have the talents early on and, and understand that, uh, they're able to continue their careers. And guys who don't, guys think too much about the life and not about the game, they don't get it. They don't make it. They don't make those journeys. They don't they have all the talent. And for whatever reason, they didn't <laughs> put in the work or they like they got sidetracked by something else that took away from their ability to continue to grow their basketball knowledge and their skill set to the point where they get able to sustain a, a career that, uh, you know, they could date, they want it. And everybody who are around them, their family and friends want. One more, one more, Liv. Go ahead. I'm do, you gonna... think, do you think that, uh, to piggyback off what you said, the image of the NBA for young guys, it's like the lottery, it's like the life, it's like the glamour. Mm-hmm. That's all they see. You know, do you think that they've been mis- misguided by that image, man? That is more work involved than it really is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a hard lesson that they have to learn early on. And they hope that they have some veterans on those teams that's going to teach them that, right? You hope you're around a bunch of veterans who is going to teach them how to be pros. And like big brothers, man, it's like a brotherhood. Hope you got the right type of brothers that's going to be teaching you the knowledge of how to be a pro. It ain't about what you're just trying to do on the court. It's also how you conduct yourself within the people in the office, how you conduct yourself when you're in um, a sponsor event, how you conduct yourself when you go out to the community. I mean, all those things are a reflection of your name, right? Reflection of your mom name, your dad name, right? The Johnson or whatever, Porter. And so it's not about, and everybody gets caught up in the glamour. Don't get me wrong, the glamour is good, but if you get caught up with that too much, you're going to miss the rest of it. And the rest of it is going to cost you to not be in the glamour for long, you know, to be, to be able to get a second contract or a third contract where you really, then you're talking about the, the opportunity to provide for generations. I mean, you're talking about for your kids, kids, for your, I mean, you're talking for sisters. I mean, the money that kids are getting nowadays, man, it's, it's, you, you're talking about great, great grandkids you can set up. I mean, you're talking three, four hundred million. Man, you, you can set up, you know, a small community if you wanted to. I mean, it's just crazy the, the opportunity that they have in front of them and the opportunity to build their brand um, on a global level. And so, you know, obviously we didn't have all the global uh, exposure that the kids got today. I mean, the international players are in the league and teams are going over there on a regular basis and guys that have shoe contracts, they're going over there on a regular basis. And so the ability to, to really just, you know, set yourself up for life and set your family up for life. And, and uh, it, it's there, it's there. And the rosters are bigger, the numbers are bigger. And so it, it's about you understanding about, you know, everybody go through it. those early days, you know, you, you out there, you hanging, you trying to do, and then at some point you got to lock in and understand what being professional basketball is a business. It's a business. And it's, it's about you being able to do your job. And when you don't do your job, there's somebody else coming in that door behind you that's willing for the opportunity to do your job for you. And uh, the people who make those decisions and for whatever reason, if you're doing something that's not a, a reflection of the organization or reflection of the GM and you got another kid coming in, they, they're going to roll the dice on another kid. You you didn't got your window to shine. You didn't got your opportunity. You don't you only get one opportunity for the most part to really show you know an organization that you 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 have the skills on the court, but you know how to conduct yourself off the court to be able to have continue to get contracts. There's many guys that you know 10, 11, 12 guys they stayed on for another four or five years because they knew it. They knew how to play. They knew how to play well enough in practice. To push the other guys and knew they wasn't going to be able to get much burn, but they knew the, they knew the business of basketball. And that's, that's a huge factor. Man, it, it goes back to what you said too earlier, TP, 
when you said when you got drafted, your 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 immediate thought process was how am I going to stay? You know what I need to do to keep me here. You know, and I think a lot of players don't think like that. I think a lot of players get happy that they made it, and then they say I'm here, and let's go party, let's go do this, let's go do that, and then they forget all about what what it took for them to get there. Yeah, I mean that's 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 how you see, that's how you see players take that next step, right? You always guys come in the league and everybody watching those first two or three leagues and like, damn, what happened to him, man? He just kind of plateaued. Nothing happened. Nothing. He got too much. He enjoyed too much of the life, right? I mean, I don't know how else to say it. He enjoyed too much of the life and didn't understand that in order for him to continue that journey and continue that upward journey. He's got to be in the gym. He got to be in the gym. He got to be working. I mean, that's the thing. I think you start looking back to every era has guys that just are grinders and they put in work. Beverly mm -hmm. put in work. I mean, that kid put in work. Yeah. You know he were. You know what you're about to get when you come when he come to the gym. Right. <laughs> you better be ready, right? I mean, he just coming with it, and so you just got to be ready. And you know, his journey is the journey. Yeah. Right. He he didn't have he didn't have anything glamorous coming out. He had to grind for it. Yeah, you know, some guys have it and uh, understand and appreciate the opportunity and want to make sure they don't let it, you know, go and, and fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. That's real, man. That is real, yeah, man. TP, man, you definitely drop <laughs> you dropping some straight knowledge to our listeners, man. They they really enjoying it too. I, I see the comments rolling in, but uh, just before we go, uh, uh, actually. Robert Reed, my co-host, got a, a, a guard too, man. That's uh, playing out in California, uh, so uh, maybe maybe you can check him out. You know, maybe we'll send you a video or something. I know you can't do too much recruiting right now, but um, <clears throat> he's out in California at a JUCO, so uh, we're looking for a home for him as well. Uh, watch videos. We can watch videos. There's no okay. restrictions on videos. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah we will get that to you, man. And. Uh, because we all about trying to help kids too uh, that 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 may have been lost in the shuffle. I mean, his son got a similar situation. Uh, college was overlooking him, and, and then he had to go the JUCO route. Even even though he qualified, he had to go the JUCO route and just try to get some looks. But man, we try to help kids and and, and bring people on like yourself to to share some of your knowledge with our audience and our listening our listeners out there to to understand what it what it really takes. So before you go. I want you to just, you know, drop, you know, drop some knowledge uh, to to our young our young listeners who may have a, a parent that may have a, a kid that wants to get involved in basketball. And I already know kind of what you're going to say because you already painted the picture earlier. But if you can, you know, sum it up in, in something like a small package and just, you know, let everybody hear it. Well, I, I think the first thing is uh, the kid has to have a passion for the game, right? He's got to be willing to put in work. And he's got to be willing to, uh, you know, again, you know, you know, he may not have a gym. I never had an indoor gym when I was growing up. I just didn't have any besides <laughs> I was down the street with a ball in my hand in front of the porch, bouncing it, dribbling it, you know. And I, when those light streets, those streets came, those street lights came, I had to be in front of the porch. So I was dribbling back and forth. But and the opportunity to get in the gym now, and the opportunity to really work on your skill is greater today than it was back then. Um, and so you got to find somebody you can trust, somebody you get in the gym, older sibling, um, somebody on the block that, that play ball, uh, and just work on your work on your skills, work on your skills, and then work on the academic piece. I mean, I think a lot of times because of the, the foundation that we come from, the academic piece, that's something that's important, and you can't you can't overlook that. You can't overlook that, and that will definitely give you more opportunities if you got your books straight. You just got to understand that's just as important as the ball because it's going to open up more schools. It's just, that's the bottom line. If you got the, if you are qualified, if he becomes a qualified, then every school in the nation is going to be looking. When you're not a qualifier, you have to look for another opportunity to get your grades up there. But if you start off as a qualifier, then you got to do what you got to do. Um, try to get with an AAU program that you feel is going to help you. Uh, I'm not a big fan of AAU overall. I think overall they, they don't, they don't teach enough. They play a lot of games. I think they play way too many games. I like to see them cut games back and mm -hmm. have kids in the gym more and working working on skills because people always tell me, what about these international kids? Man, they're invading the game right now. I said, well, 
They practice more. That's they don't right. Play all those games. Anybody, you ask anybody who's been overseas and experienced that style. They practice, although they practice twice a day, but one of those practices are all about skill, shooting it, dribbling it, playing breakdown situations, two on two, three on three. That's how you learn the game. You just playing games all the time is not teaching you as much as you need to know uh, from a skill um, in regards to continue to grow your game. And I think that's something that uh, we need to get back to, it, especially at the grassroots. Mm -hmm. kids, I'm all for AAU because I think it's great to have kids travel and be a part of a competitive environment and having a chance to see, again, other kids on a national scale. I never got to see that. I got mostly kids in Wisconsin, and you don't know how to how you measure up against kids in Wisconsin. I think it's important that they have that opportunity. But don't forget about the piece that's most important, and that's your individual growth. That's your individual growth. And what position are you playing? And can you guard that position? Are you skilled enough to play that position? And and, and those are the things that parents, um, whoever has a kid, got to start asking themselves that. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where's your shot at? Where are you shooting from the line? You know, what kind of ball having skills you got? Those are the things that you got to be on a, a strong understanding and, and be truthful with yourself about those situations and go out. And I, I go back to it because you got to be, you got to be willing to put in the work. Mm. You got to be willing to put in the work. That's the bottom line. If you put in work, you're going to put yourself in a position to get an opportunity. And that's what everybody gets. You get an opportunity. What are you doing with it? Wow. Wow. Man, TP, you did it again, man. I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> It's, it's like, and before I go, I want you to, Chase, Chase did tell me to tell you this. He said, tell, tell coach that I am not coming out of the game this year. I'm, I'm <laughs> <hold on. laughs> Well, I know he, he always don't want to come out. So hey, ain't new. Oh, man, hey, but, but man, it was, it was another. Come out. Uh, and that's good. But at some time, <laughs> everybody need rest. So you got to get a blow, man. You got to get a rest. You got to study. Stay on, stay on top of that. But no, no, he's I love the way he plays, man. I love the way he approaches the game. Loves how he um just a leader um in the locker room, uh, in drills. Um, you know, there's nothing uh phony about that kid, man. He's all about making himself better and making the guys around him better. And that's 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 show show quality of uh leadership and what his mom and dad did to, to help raise that kid. Yeah. So, man, Terry, uh, Rob, you want to ask something before we get up out of here? Oh, man. Somebody asked me to ask you this, TP. How did you sustain that, your endurance, though, uh, for the 17 years real quick? Uh, one of the guys wanted to know that because 17 years, you got to be doing something. Yeah. And so I was, I guess, uh, blessed to have good genes. But I, I tell people all the time, I really didn't leave the floor that much. So I didn't have to worry about my falls as much as I, I did. <laughs> you know, I stayed on the perimeter. But no, man, I was just... I was just blessed, man. I had a good body frame. You know, I think uh, my frame was a big frame. Uh, I was able to take hits. Uh, right. There was a lot more hits in that game than there was day. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I was able to take those hits, and I, and I took care of my body. When I got off the court, I made sure to ice, made sure I got my proper rest, um, ate right. Uh, you know, I didn't stay out too late, uh, you know, and uh, made sure that I made sure I took um, good care of my body to try to keep it as fresh as possible over, over a growing, you know, very grueling uh, NBA season. Wow. Yeah, because y'all boys, wouldn't, uh, what, what Kawhi and them doing, uh, what they doing? Off the, taking them breaks. <laughs> that wasn't too many of our days. Low management. Low management. Low management. Low management. Low management. You can tell Michael Jordan from y'all era, he told his boys in Charlotte, dude, I pay you to play every night. If you ain't playing, you get the body chip. Right. <laughs> Right. If you if you're gonna play, if you're gonna be a part player, then I need to pay you like a part player. You can't. Hey, and TP, before we go, because we, we it is all ball Chicago, and you had two Chicago guys that actually played with you, uh, Duckworth and Byron Byron Irvin got an opportunity. So those two Chicago boys. So I wanted to just give a shout out, rest in peace to uh, you know Kevin Duckworth and also Jerome Percy, who we just lost to as well, right? Sure. Yeah, Bier was our, our rookie. He was our rookie back in the day when we got we drafted him. So we we had some good mom memories. I see him every now and then. He's doing his thing now in the aging business, but mom memories and obviously 
Uh, the big duck was a great young man, great player. People don't give him credit. He was a two-time all-star and had a good long career. Unfortunately, you know, all the good ones leave us too soon, man. They leave us too soon. Yeah. All right, TP, man. We had a we had, we really enjoyed you uh coming on our show. And um, man, anytime you want to come on, man, and, and drop some more knowledge, uh we will definitely be following you, uh, and along with you know our Chase, you know, because yeah, Chase yeah. is in Chicago, so we're gonna be following Portland, man. And I think, I think you to something, man. It's great. It always takes time to build things and build a program, man. And I think you're heading in the right direction with the program. Thanks, man. We're getting the right pieces. We're gonna put ourselves in a position to try to be competitive every night we step on that floor. That's for sure. All right. All right, man. It's time to go, man. It's time for me to unlace the shoes, man. We got my man Terry Porter's on, Porter on with us, man. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin's finest, uh, doing his thing, man. Made it to the league, you know, guys. Let's fail, man. All day, all Come day. Locking, hey. I used to love back then. You could knock a bug down and only pick them up. No flavor, yeah. no not to get out. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> well, TP, great meeting you, man. Thank for the opportunity for letting me be a part of this talking to you, my brother. Right, and man. Liv gonna send you my son's stuff. Yeah, right, put it there, man. But he ain't going. He gonna stay a second year. He gonna stay a second year. He want to stay two years at JUCO, so this will be okay. his second year. He said he want to have his forty this year, so everybody <laughs> gonna come holler at him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, God TP, bless you, brother. Bro. TP, before we go, man, we got to give a shout out to your boy, Marcus Owen, man. You know, my man, Marcus. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I know he watching it. Shout out to Marcus Owen out there in Cali doing his thing. Yeah, for sure. That's fam, man. That's fam. That's, That's right. For sure. All right, man. All right. Love you, TP. Right, Love you, man. God bless you, brother. Peace. Peace. Peace, man. Peace, right. Got you. Man, another good one, boy. Man, that's. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.